Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I have Sean Hooley with me. It seems like we have a lot of interesting news today. We have some, looks like we have some legal news and some other FDA guidance things. What What do you have for us today? Definitely a, a wide range of, of stuff to talk about. Study that supports Olympus's ITIN treatment, ITAN Medical's cloud-based infusion management platform launch, and FDA approval for Eurotronic, updated guidance from the FDA on drug-coded devices, and big fines for a genetic sequencing company. So yeah, a lot to a lot to dig into. Let's just do that. What's the first thing that we should know for today? First thing we should know is that study data backed the Olympus ITIN for treating enlarged prostate. So it's a positive step for the system that Olympus acquired through its purchase of Meditate in 2021. And what is that treatment? ITIN is a procedure that involves the placement of a temporary implanted nitinol device that reshapes the prostatic urethra. It does so without burning or cutting the prostate, and device placement can occur in an outpatient setting or a physician office. So how does that device work? So it remains in place for five to seven days while the patient stays at home, and upon removal, the patient should experience rapid and effective relief of their symptoms. It offers an alternative to pharmaceutical therapy, plus surgeries and permanent implants. It's proven to relieve symptoms without affecting sexual ejaculatory function or urinary continence, so it seems like the data so far has proven that it's pretty effective. So you just briefly mentioned some of that data, but what did some of the results of that long-term study show? So the study of 50 patients showed long-lasting relief more than four years for people with enlarged prostate or also BPH. ITIN proved to lead to significant and durable reductions in BPH-related lower urinary tract symptoms and led to improved international prostate symptom score and quality of life. The study showed that this impact lasted over more than 50 months and up to 79 months or about just over six and a half years post-treatment. So long, long-term impact for sure. What's the next bit of news that you have for us? Next bit of news is that ITAN Medical launched its cloud-based infusion management platform, which could definitely add a useful dimension to infusion therapy. And what is that ITAN Insights? The company's infusion systems, Sapphire and Avoset, connect and transmit infusion data to the ITAN Insights platform. It then provides prescription compliance data and pump geolocation. It enables home infusion providers to optimize resources and reduce hospital readmissions. And what did the company design it for? The company said it designed ITAN Insights to meet the unique needs of at-home and specialty infusions. The company said the aims are to improve both the patient and caregiver experience. Interesting. And what are executives saying? CEO Shal Aitan said that it confirms ITAN Medical is set for sustainable growth with a focus on strong innovation roadmap that will redefine the drug delivery market. He added that they look forward to continuing to push the boundaries of healthcare technology. And what's this FDA approval news that you have? FDA approved a drug-coded balloon for, again, BPH symptoms from Eurotronic in this case. It's another indication for the balloon as it already had FDA approval to treat male urethral strictures. So what does it do? It's a minimally invasive surgical therapy called Optolum. It combines mechanical dilation using a proprietary double-lobe balloon with concurrent localized delivery of paclitaxel to treat lower urinary tract symptoms secondary to benign prostate hyperplasia, BPH. And how does Optolum work? Through mechanical dilation with Optolum, it achieves an anterior commissurotomy and the delivery of paclitaxel maintains luminal patency during healing. 
So what are executives saying about this approval? Eurotronic president and CEO David Perry said there's nothing else like Optalum BPH that's currently available. It's the only treatment option that requires no cutting, burning, steaming, or implants. This advancement, backed by strong clinical outcomes, has the potential to improve the quality of life for millions of patients looking for a solution to BPH and its associated lower urinary tract symptoms. Drug-coated balloons are the future of interventional urology, according to Perry. All right. And it seems that we have some more drug-coated device news next. Definitely more paclitaxel-coated stuff. The FDA updated its guidance on paclitaxel-coated devices, determining no link to late mortality risk. It's pretty big news for the peripheral arterial disease, or PAD, community. And why did it update that guidance? So going all the way back to 2019, an FDA panel determined that the agency needed more data on these devices to pin down causes of death that were disrelated to some of these instances. The agency at the time acknowledged that a mortality signal indicated by a meta-analysis exists that could relate to these devices, and then issued a letter to healthcare providers declaring its need for more long-term safety and effectiveness data. According to the FDA, it now has additional data relating to its previous communications asking for more, having worked with device manufacturers and external stakeholders to develop the protocol and analysis plan for the new data, and now the agency felt comfortable giving new guidance on the on the matter. And obviously, these devices are used in various vascular interventions. But what does the new guidance say? New guidance says that these PAD treating devices produce data that does not support an excess mortality risk. So specifically, the guidance eliminates the need for certain warning language in the device labeling, which definitely sort of shows these devices in a more positive light rather than offering the warning that they could lead to mortality risks. Definitely. And it sounds like it ensures patient safety by incorporating the latest evidence and reassessing the risk-benefit profile of these devices. That being said, what should providers do given the new guidance? According to the FDA's communication, it recommends that providers discuss risks and benefits of all PAD treatment options with their patients, including the paclitaxel-coded devices. The agency also wants providers to routinely monitor their patients that have been treated with paclitaxel-coated balloons and stents to ensure that patients receive the optimal medical therapy for PAD and other cardiovascular risk factors. And what's the last bit of news that you have for us? The last bit of news is that the EU hit Illumina with a $478 million fine over its Grail acquisition. The scrutiny associated with this deal just won't seem to go away. So why did the EU issue this fine? So European authorities fined Illumina approximately $478.9 million or 432 million euro, as well as Grail got a 1,000 euro fine or about $1,100. They claim the companies implemented their proposed merger before receiving approval from the European Commission. These actions breach European Union merger control rules. Illumina's fine is the maximum penalty, which is 10% of its global annual turnover. And the European Commission said that Grail's fine is a symbolic one for its part in the merger. Yeah, it sounds like it highlights this increasing scrutiny and regulation within this industry, particularly regarding mergers and acquisitions. Can you give us a brief history of the Grail acquisition? Yeah, it'd be tough to do brief, but I'll try. It's a long, long-winded answer, but basically... In September of 2020, Illumina announced that it agreed to acquire Grail for over $7 billion. Grail itself was a startup that initially spun out of Illumina in 2016. Illumina said that it completed the acquisition in August of 2021, and it agreed to hold Grail as a separate company as the European Commission conducted a regulatory review, arguing that Grail has no business in Europe, and the review is out of the European Commission's jurisdiction. 
In September of last year, the European Commission issued its ruling prohibiting the planned acquisition that had come just after the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S. actually favored Illumina in a decision. An administrative law judge in the U.S. rejected the Federal Trade Commission's argument that the acquisition of Grail is anti-competitive. So a lot of legal stuff going on around this acquisition. It sounds like it. So what's next for the company? Who knows, basically, is the short answer. But uh, there's a lot going on, obviously, amid these legal battles. There's gonna, they're planning on appealing this fine. They're appealing the FTC's decision, but they also need a CEO. Uh, last month, Francis D'Souza resigned from that post just a week after Hologic CEO Stephen McMillan became non-executive board chair. These changes came through after an activist investor tried to make changes and knocked chair John Thompson out of his position, although D'Souza managed to survive his own uh, challenge on that front. The search for a CEO remains ongoing while the company is actually implementing cost-cutting measures dating back to November 2022 when it eliminated 5% of its workforce. So yeah, a lot going on. It's just kind of all up in the air. We'll we'll see how how important this acquisition of Grail is to them if they're willing to eventually have to pay these fines and you know what if they'll ha- be able to keep Grail as as a subsidiary. It's it's a whole a lot to see unfold. That's all the news that we have for today. Thanks, Sean, again, for all of your insights and bringing us all this news for the day. No problem. As always, read more on the Mass Device website. Check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, and the same name on LinkedIn. What about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.